Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. The topic I'm going to talk about tonight has, has had a kind of an, an abiding sort of interest for me um, ever since the days, uh, going back about seven years ago now, when I used to work as a Holocaust educator. Um, one of the trips that I took out to Krakow, where we took uh, we took a party of school kids, we would go to Krakow uh, with the Holocaust Education Trust, and then go to Auschwitz Birkenau and come back. Uh, we always had the um, the great benefit of having some amazing Polish guides with us, um, who we would go around uh, Auschwitz one and then uh, Birkenau with. And I struck up a conversation with one of them about post-war antisemitism. Um, the, uh, the there were attacks on uh, Jewish survivors um, in Poland after the uh, after the liberation of the camps, and this, this guide talked to me in great depth about the long history of communist anti-Semitism, um, which is something that really gets gets is is hugely underexplored. Um, I've had for many years. A book by Jeffrey Herf called Divided Memory. 
um, which looks at the uh, the memory of Nazism in both uh, East and West Germany during the Cold War. And of course, you know the the, the key aspect of the fundamental core of, of of Nazi of the remembrance of Nazism is the remembrance of the Holocaust, and um, the the way in which the Holocaust is remembered in both states is very complex, and in in many ways the the, the lingering anti-Semitism happens in the East. There is plenty of it buried in the West but the East ha- for its own reasons um, has a, a, a very toxic relationship and, and a very complex relationship with its history, with the, the, the past of, uh, of, of the Nazi regime but anyway we're going to look at Geoffrey Herf's book tonight and he writes by 1948 the wartime alliance had collapsed and been replaced by the new and reversed fronts of the Cold War in both East and West present politics was protect, projected back into the past with the result that wartime solidarities became at best poli- uh, a political embarrassment and at worst grounds for suspicion of disloyalty. In the Soviet bloc, the anti-fascist allies of 1941-45 once again became Western imperialists. Stalin's own wartime Western alliance was now an embarrassing and fleeting chapter, at best a cynical act of convenience and at worst a source of subversive ideas about democracy and human freedom. Those communists who had spent war years in Western emigration emigration, fell under a cloud of suspicion. The German communists returning from Stalin's wartime Moscow had little difficulty mobilising their version of of wartime anti-fascism in the service of the Cold War. Those returning from the West, Jews, or simply those who could not or would not make such a dramatic and sudden shift of allegiance and memory, were in an especially precarious position. The marginalisation of the Jewish catastrophe was inseparable from the forgetting of the Soviet Union's wartime alliance with the West. So what we we have here is the need to kind of uh, mentally erase large parts of the history of the Second World War. Of course, the Second World War, as experienced by Jews, is not the Second World War that's experienced by Russians or British or Americans. There's a a, a really interesting bit in um, uh, Thinking the 20th Century by Tony Judd and Timothy Snyder, where he, he made the point that um, Jewish survivors of the Holocaust that emigrated to Britain in, when they, their children were growing up in the 1950s in school hearing about how um, uh, some children's dads were with Monty in the desert their, ex, their their father's memories of or parents' memories of the war were something really, really quite different um, and, and a, 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 the experience of uh, slave labour and extermination um, so th- having to um, take this uniquely Jewish memory and subsume it is the first part of how we get to uh, a, a sort of an unofficial war against the Jews in East Germany. Post-war communist antagonism to the West overlapped uh, with unreinforced both older and more recent anti-Western and illiberal currents of German nationalism. The conjecture of Cold War antagonisms with older nationalist resentments reinforced the existing marginalisation of the Holocaust in official communist memory. 
fueled by a, uh, a, a fueled a purge of those within the communist world who supported, who supported post-war solidarity between communists and Jews, and sustained four decades of anti-Jewish policies at home and abroad. Now, the the, the irony here is that the vast majority of Jews who survived were liberated by Soviet soldiers. Um, the uh, there were camps like uh, Belsen uh, and Dachau that were liberated by the British and the Americans respectively. But for the most part, it, the, the camps in the East, um, places like Auschwitz-Birkenau, were liberated by the Russians. So the, the Soviet Union has a huge role to play in ending the Holocaust, something that one would argue any state would be justifiably um, proud about. However, the point it makes here is that Holocaust um, remembrance and the um, the Nuremberg trials and the um, con condemnation of Nazi crimes was intimately linked with, I guess, a new um, liberal Western world order uh, based around the rule of international law and the United Nations, uh, war crimes tribunals and, and, and all that sort of thing. It's seen as, Holocaust remembrance is seen as a Western thing, something that you know, Western capitalist states have appropriated. Since the mid-19th century, German liberals and socialists had argued that the struggle against anti-Semitism was inseparable from the struggle for democracy. The purging of cosmopolitans, this is a, a code for, Germ for, for uh, in Germany for Jews uh, and in the Soviet Union for Jews, and a wave of government-initiated anti-Semitism were important steps in the consolidation of the anti-fascist dictatorship in East Berlin. They, these were among the most grotesque ironies of German history since 1945. Um, and, and the Cold War has a habit of doing this, a habit of kind of inverting our expectations and assumptions um, and creating results that seem paradoxical, seem to make no sense. Um, Jeffrey Herf writes, in 1948-49, the crystallisation of the Cold War brought with it a re-Stalinisation um, uh, of uh, East Germany. Um, into what communists called a party of a new type, modelled on the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. World War II and the occupation era had blurred distinctions between communists and non-communists. In 1948, a third of the two million members um, of the uh, SED had been social democrats. Restalinization meant that at the end of any pretense that there would be parity between communists and social democrats and brought repression of uh, 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 and brought repression of the hints of fresh air that had entered the communist parties during the period of the popular front in the war it also meant the formation of the central party control commission led by herman matten uh, the ZPKK, as it was known, enforced the ideological conformity and uncovered ideological deviations. Um, the SED's first party conference in January 1999, uh, 1949, I beg your pardon, um, represented a high point in the Stalinization campaign. At its 16th meeting on the January the 24th, 1949, the party leadership elected a Politburo that would lead the party in the direction of Marx, Lenin and Stalin. The new, this new leadership included veteran communists Wilhelm Pick, Franz Dahlem, uh, Paul Merker, 
Walter Ulbricht, and former Social Democrats Otto Grovel, uh, Friedrich Ebert, um, and uh, Helmut Lehmann. The, Fried, that Friedrich Ebert, not to be mistaken with the um, the post-war Reichs president um, um, of the of the Weimar Republic. From 1949 to 1953, the essential instruments of Stalinist dictatorship were put in place um, in the German Democratic Republic. Article 6 of the East German Constitution stipulated that the incitement to racial and nationalist hatred, fostering a witch hunt against democratic institutions and organisations, and opposing efforts at equality were crimes. Such vague and general formulas could be and were used to criminalise and then repress political dissenters. In December 1949, the Obergericht, the East German Supreme Court, established in 19, um, was established in 1950 alone. It, it convicted over 78,000 persons of political crimes and carried out 15 death sentences. On February the 8th, 1950, the Ministerium for, uh, for State Security, the MFS, was established. Although other parties had seats in the East German Parliament of Volkskammer. Uh, the SED, in fact, had a monopoly on power. At the, thir- at the SED Third Party Conference in July the 20th to 24th in East Berlin, the leadership demanded a sharpened struggle against the Tito clique, Trotskyists and the remains of social democratism within the SED. It also called on party members to increase their revolutionary vigilance and expose and destroy bourgeois nationalist elements and all other enemies of the working class and agents of imperialism, no matter what flag they flew. In the year that followed, as a result of investigations by the central and um, by, by, um, by the central and local party commissions, 150,000 people, most of them social democrats, were expelled from the SED. The vast preponderance of the of communist repression was directed at non-communists. Okay, so how does this relate to the Jews? Well, th- the moment that you start to uh, in, in sort of anti-Semitic thinking, uh, or which had its foothold in in um, uh, Marxist-Leninism. Uh, or well, the, the application of Marxist-Leninism, shall we say. Um, the idea that in a, a kind of like a totalitarian, highly paranoid um, surveillance state, the idea that there were these, that there were foreigners amongst the, uh, um, there, were, there were foreigners in one's midst. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Which Jews had been made under Nazism. They had had their citizenship stripped away. The idea of Jews being foreign to Germany, to East Germany, to being perhaps loyal to other states is... Um, accentuated with the creation of the state of Israel because the accusation can be oh well look you know you have your own country now so it, the 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 idea that a Jew born in Germany who lives through Nazism and sort of somehow survives Nazism but emerges in the uh, in East Germany um, can still be considered to be foreign to be alien Th that shows you in some ways how how successful Nazi ideology had been, and how it had been it had been kind of um, absorbed on, on on a kind of a far more far deeper uh, far deeper uncritical level. Yet the revolution devoured its own as well. Paul Merker was the most prominent Communist Party victim of the Stalinist apparatus, which was uh, constructed when he was uh, at the pinnacle of his power. Uh, earlier on, the author has noted that Merkel Merker. Um, combined communist orthodoxy with continuing solidarity with Jewish survivors. With this shift of alliances to the Cold War, his sympathies for the Jews became a political liability, what the Germans called an ungleichzeitig, or out of place. At the third party conference, he was not, not re-elected to his position in the Politburo. Stalin and the Stalinists of the Soviet bloc saw Ulbricht, uh, such as Ulbricht, uh, threw overboard the excess baggage of the dissonant memories of World War Two and the Holocaust as they turned their ship of state around to fight Western imperialists. So the Holocaust is at this point is an inconvenience. It is a bit of historical memory that doesn't really sit very well, and lots of the, lots of the new Warsaw Pact countries like to downplay the Holocaust as a Jewish tragedy. What they, um, in, in Poland, in um, Czechoslovakia, in East Germany, they tried to present the, um, the loss of, of Polish Jews or Czech Jews or East German Jews um, as a, a Czech Polish or East German tragedy, that these were Polish victims of fascism. Um, the, the, the reason for doing that is big, has all sorts of roots in the kind of the, the post-war expulsions of Germans from these countries, the idea that you're creating these kind of unitary ethno-states in, in a way, and playing up the, uh, the tragedy of people that you are purposefully othering doesn't make much sense in that context but also it is um, part of the narrative of the the great anti-fascist war that is sort of inconvenient it's messy it doesn't it doesn't really fit very well 
But the anti-cosmopolitan campaign um, drew on mutually reinforcing associations of Jews with the West, as well as Stalin's personal blend of paranoia and anti-Semitism. Okay, so this is probably the subject of uh, a, a, a much later podcast, but Stalin himself launched his own um, anti-cosmopolitan campaign uh, in the last few years of his life. Um, he was preparing, before he died, a, an enormous purge of um, Russia's surviving Jews. Um, and part of this was to do with his uh, with, with the creation of the State of Israel. Stalin viewed it as a, a Western satellite and therefore in his paranoid thinking, well, this, these Jews, this is where they come from and they are now... This has now fallen into the uh, into the the umbrella of the West. There was a moment in perhaps 1948 where um, the possibility of Soviet patronage was considered, uh, and Stalin had hoped that that might be a a, a possibility. It was very 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 fleeting. Um, whilst World War Two had expanded contact with the West and with Jews in the West, the Cold War would now immunise the Soviet bloc from their subversive impact. So there, I mean, you know, obviously that's the author's, the, the author paraphrasing what it was that communist authorities were thinking. But the idea of Jews being subversive, Jews being untrustworthy, Jews being disloyal, again, it, it follows a an anti-Semitism that seems to kind of leapfrog over ideological divisions. The campaign beha- began with the murder of Solomon Mikols on January the 12th, 1948. In November 1948, the Soviet government abolished the Jewish Anti-Fascist Committee and arrested its leaders. In March 1949, an article on the uncovering of bourgeois cosmopolitanism was published in Moscow in the German, langu- German language paper Neuzeit. It described cosmopolitanism as a key element of reactionary bourgeois ideology and American imperialism. In the Middle East, Soviet policy turned from its initial support uh, to uh, enduring hostility for the new Jewish state. The anti-cosmopolitanism campaign had uh, had clearly been initiated um, and inspired by Stalin. The East German communists, however, far from protesting against the campaign, made their own distinctive contribution to it. And we, we will look at that, um, uh, you know, a, a, another time. This is a kind of a, a topic that I think can run and run. Um, but I I think it's, it's important to realise that a lot of the rhetoric, a lot of the kind of the... Um, Stalinist rhetoric of anti-fascism is 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 a nonsense, really. Um, Stalin was more than happy for a period of time to uh, collaborate with Hitler in the assumption that Western Europe uh, would be crushed by Nazism, or at the very least, there would be some long, long, drawn-out struggle between uh, liberal capitalism and German fascism, which would leave Europe so devastated that the Soviet Union could sweep across it and impose Soviet states all the way to probably the English Channel. Um, Stalin was more than willing to entertain um, Nazism when it suited him. And was there, there were discussions, none of them came to anything, 
between the Nazi regime and the Soviet regime about you know working out somewhere that the the Jews could be put. It was hoped, and Stalin was too suspicious of this, that um, before the final solution was figured out, um, and before Operation Barbarossa began, during the period of the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact, there was some discussion about dumping um, occupied Europe's Jews in Siberia, where you know they they could be worked to death by the Soviet Union. Uh, though this this never came to pass, so anti-fascism is something that uh, happens in 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 as much as the Soviet Union fought a war against fascism, but in in a refutation of fascism's core beliefs, um, there is more than a little overlap. I mean, the, 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 the guiding idea of Marxist-Leninism is that of class struggle as opposed to racial struggle. But Stalin was able to look at a picture of the world and say, but there, you know, there is danger and subversion, and it comes from these sorts of countries. I mean, one of his great overriding uh, suspicions was always of the Poles, and you know, anyone who was a Pole was evidently, evidently dangerous, even if um, that kind of in itself subverted whatever supposedly progressive ideas existed within communism um the the idea that you know if you come from an ethnic group then you are somehow suspicious so what we see here is the the continuing anti-semitism of nazism kind of co-opted by the necessities of the cold war and the the fact that east germany um takes its its kind of direction from Stalin but also is is a, is a key player in the the new suspicious paranoid realities of of the Cold War and Israel's position as a western ally. Okay, well I've gone for long enough. I'm going to finish there, but we'll talk about uh, Jeffrey Herf's amazing book uh, a little bit more later on. I hope you enjoyed this. Do check us out on YouTube and come to the Explaining History Facebook group if you can. Uh, And I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. Thanks, all the best. Bye-bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.